Big Fluff. Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film. You'll think you have experienced it, but you'll be <clears throat> cheated. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Hobo Radio. So stay tuned. And now, two guys with worse jokes than me, Joel Murphy and Lars. <laughs> Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, the newlywed, Lars Periwinkle. Uh, that's Mr. Periwinkle, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> I thought it was only Mr. Periwinkle, if you nasty. <laughs> yes. Has that changed now? No, that you're married. The uh, no, no. I just know, I know you and I know how nasty you are. So. Oh, that's true. Uh, speaking of nasty, uh, I heard a rumor, uh, and by heard a rumor, I mean saw a photo, uh, that you you wore a kilt to your wedding. Of course, I wore my kilt. Yeah, that's exciting. It was just, uh, how it was like four people, right? Like It was, yeah. If you Well, if you don't count the officiant and the photographer, it was zero people. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you and your bride are not people. That... Yeah, no, no, we don't count. We, ha- we had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, congrats. I know you're uh, notoriously uh, private. Uh, you use a fake name on this show. You don't want anyone to know anything about your life. Yeah. Your fa- fake name on the um, on the marriage certificate. Completely separate. Well, that's uh, because, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but you already have a family. So this is actually yes. your secret second yeah. marriage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. On the, like in, in my marriage, I'm called Benjamin Conway. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you like that? He sounds yeah, like a good husband. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? He sounds yeah. like an outstanding citizen. <laughs> but that's good, man. Welcome to the club of yeah, nothing whoa. changing except paperwork. Yes, I didn't. I wasn't trying to one up you by having a smaller wedding than you did because I, I, I loved how small and intimate your wedding was. I literally didn't think it was possible to have a smaller wedding than we did. But you, you I showed love, us. One of my, like, there were two of. There are two things that I will never, ever, ever forget about your wedding, and one of them was you telling um, um, Andy McIntyre and, my, and myself, "Hey, hey, you guys, so glad you're here. Thanks for making the trip. I would have you stand next to me at the altar, but then there's two empty seats that will be really noticeable. <laughs> yeah. So I need you. I need you to not do that. Yeah, we did have the discussion because you guys in my head were always like in the. You were my groomsmen. But then it was like, uh-huh. but if I have groomsmen, there's it's just empty chairs in the. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. Yeah, that was great. 
Uh, what was, was the other good, one? Yeah, thanks. Thank, oh, the other one was when I think I've mentioned it so many times before, but when we were just not really late, but a tad late arriving at the <laughs> venue, and you said, "Hold up, guys, can you help me write my vows real quick?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I had a loose idea. Yeah, it, you know what? To be fair, it was very quick, and then Andy and I helped you with a little bit of punch up. It didn't yeah, take yeah. all that long. Yeah, it was it was just a little writer's room action. You know, you guys just gave me some alts. Like. Yeah, yeah, you were great. Yeah, so thank thanks to um, uh, Pat and um, and Emma for being there for us. They were they were there in more more of a capacity than I even thought they would be because first it's we felt kind of weird asking people to um, leave their home and come to a state park because if you're not comfortable with doing if both of them said I don't feel comfortable really going out in public right now then yeah. I would completely understand but they showed up and like ready to make it a like a <sighs> lack of a better term special day <laughs> um which it, it was going to be anyways but they really did like we we actually had to email someone that works for the park service and say where can, we don't want to have our wedding at this random bit of land we were kind of like hoping to go out on a pier or something and the man was was so nice and i don't and i don't mean just accommodating the man was so nice he sent a response back saying um uh it's so glad to hear about this sort of news because it's a big it's a stark difference to the emails i'm getting nowadays so it's i'm glad to hear some good news but we can't let you go out into the pier because our park rangers are already having a hard time keeping people off of there and if we let someone out there you know um, but he gave us a gazebo <clears throat> that overlooked the Patapsco River. It was it was quite lovely, um, and uh, I brought like I seriously I think I brought like three house plants and a couple of candles. <laughs> I was like I'm going to try to do something with this, but Pat and Emma showed up ready to work. They were like um, uh, like snipping off some some bits of like branches and. And thing just just like random vegetation in the area and kind of placing them up around the gazebo and trying to make it look a, a bit more lovely, which they did. I can't describe exactly why, but the image of you just grabbing three house plants is really hilarious to me. Like, it, well, I, and you know what? There's a lot of house plants here, and I couldn't decide. I'm like, <laughs> which which one screams my wedding? <laughs> uh, you you God, you're such a bridezilla. <laughs> <laughs> And um, it was two for decorating, and the other was to throw across the room dramatically. Yes, point. indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And also, like, like you know what? Um, I, I have I have a bunch of people to thank because this was. It, well, hey, look, it, you're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. You're definitely on the list because whoa, there whoa. was there was some. We basically thought it was going to be nothing. Like it was going to be special to her and myself. And that's it. And that's fine. That's I think that's all that matters. And it was going to be like bare bones, stripped down. Um, so that's fine. It it doesn't matter. We, we're getting married to each other. <clears throat> and that's enough. But then, you know, um, this was last Saturday. So Saturday morning, we get a box that ended up uh, being from our friend up in Brooklyn, whose wedding we went to out your way in Santa Ana. And... Um, uh, it was a, a box of tiger lilies, which is my my wife's favorite flower, and it was it had a very nice note in there. <laughs> that um, I wish I could remember what it said. It was full of profanity, <laughs> and it was very nice. Um, so she got to carry those down the aisle, which was lovely. And then um, 
when we were out and about, you know, we kind of drove around and um, took some pictures around the city and places that we knew would a be abandoned and two really picturesque. And um, uh, we get home, and my sister had mailed us uh, a bottle of champagne. Oh, and and not only that, but a couple weeks ago, I got a, a message from Violent J. Oh, that's saying true. Yeah, it yeah. sucked that we couldn't get married. So that's just the the like the definitely felt the love of people like reaching out and saying, made it, making it clear that we wish we could be there. It sucks that you can't do this, but let me try to do something to make it a little bit more special. It was sweet. We were. And we were walking out towards a pier past a um, a restaurant that was just closing up from their day of selling takeout food. And um, as we walked by, the, the guy who was managing the place said, hey, you guys look really lovely. And we said, oh, thank you. We got married today. And he said, hold the fuck on. <laughs> and ran inside and got us some champagne so we could have Aww. a couple of, a couple of glasses of champagne as we went down to the pier. And Pat set off some fireworks that he had in the trunk of his car. <laughs> <laughs> we took some pictures, like the whole thing. It was it was really making making something special out of what we expected to be just nothing except us getting married to each other. So it was really great. The way you presented that makes it sound like Pat was as surprised as anyone to find fireworks in his car. Like, oh hey, I guess we should light these. Like a little bit. He was uh, <laughs> he was surprised that he had the amount of legal fireworks in his trunk that oh. he had. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, that's awesome. No, sincerely, congrats. I'm glad that it happened because the the reason that you got a pep talk from Violent J, not that anyone needs a reason for a pep talk uh-huh. from Violent J, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> was because it looked like it wasn't going to happen. So it was right. it was exciting that it, it did get to happen. I I I wonder like for you guys because like I mean I kind of already joked about it, but like the funny thing about getting married, at least as I found, is like. Then you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, but it's exactly how it was yesterday. Uh, like, yeah. Especially if like you're, you're living with the person, like there isn't really a, a big change. But I know for us, like the nice thing and, uh, you know, obviously I already told this story on the podcast. I loved fucking telling the story on the podcast was mm-hmm. like um, two days after our wedding when we uh, went to Little Dom's and then right. uh, we ended up meeting Dan Harmon. And it was one mm-hmm. of the coolest days of my life. But like that was like our celebratory the two of us after the chaos of our giant wedding sure sure uh yeah yeah that's the thing too is we we had well, planned a um a trip out west to to um to mexico and we had to cancel all that well that's what i was know. getting at is like for you guys specifically it sucks because it's like you literally can't do anything different right now so it's like no we can't no and it's really it's kind of we're kind of just like swimming in the aftermath like there's no there was the the immediate exhale of okay we got it done yeah <laughs> and then the next exhale would be we're getting away for a while or we'll, even if we just like take a few days off of work and decompress and there's none of that it's yeah just it's just back right to... back into it yeah so yeah. there's there's kind of like little little tremors of this is weird that it's normal if that makes any sense no I I know exactly what you mean <laughs> okay um well. But no, that's awesome. I, I'm really happy for you, and I hope you guys, if at some point, if such a thing as normal exists, and we hypothetically get back to it, that you guys do something. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a something. Uh, well, I don't want to. Uh, this is a kind of a, a rough switch, but I you know, I know you're a married man now. But like, mm-hmm. yo, you see those uh, Oscar Isaac's Dune photos? Because uh, oh, you know what? I didn't. Well, no. I just. 
I don't want to speak necessarily for you, but I think mm-hmm. the official stance of Hobo Radio is he can get it. <laughs> Oscar Isaac can get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think we need a Dune reboot, but like, you know, way to way to bring it. Okay, man. I I haven't know. I didn't even know these photos existed. I I can't believe I missed it. That's weird. Well, I guess oh, cuz you did the wedding, like cuz you run that fan group, but I guess like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> your zine has had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still only um I still only, you know, looking up pictures of Adam, Adam Driver se- several times a day. I hadn't really moved on. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> It's been tough, you know, like you, you started them both like when Force Awakens came out and like, you know, you always have to decide. You only have so many hours in the week. Like <laughs> To tell you the truth, I don't even, I must have read it at some point, but I don't remember Oscar Isaac being involved in the new Dune. Honestly, I'm like, they're putting out the new, hold on, let me see this, this hunk of man. Well, sir. Okay. Do, are you on board? You want to co-sign with that? <laughs> oh, I'm on board figuratively and literally. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like apparently, you know, in the in this Dune reality, the one thing that you can get is looks. That's what they're serving. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> that was yeah. so dumb. Um, no, I remember <laughs> yeah, they, they they were doing that thing and it was is the same thing with this Lord of the Rings series and that sort of stuff. I'm not saying I I'm completely neutral on all these as far as trying to predict whether or not they can pull this off because who knows. So I'm just off the radar you know show me the show me the product when it's done i can't do you think like making uh the rise of skywalker was so unsatisfying that he just said hey look to his agent he called him up and was like just get me something in the sand with uncomfortable costumes that's like i gotta rectify this somehow i'm I'm trying one one more again (laughs) just give me that fourth try baby (laughs) I don't. Do you have any affinity for Dune? I know people like it. I, I don't. It's not my thing. Um, I really, um, I liked the movie when I was a kid. I mean, I in, remember in retrospect. It's it's really weird and o- almost unwatchable because it's very long and surreal. But I don't know. that's not. I don't even know that I liked it as a kid. I watched it as a kid. It right. held my attention. I don't have any like special play i don't care that they're remaking it i don't have any like it's i like they this came out and i was like oh yeah dune that was a thing that was yeah weird. i remember I, re- I read the the first story and it was fine it didn't really grab me it, dune's always been one of those things where i always hoping that someone's gonna retell this story in some way shape or form that's gonna be really cool and interesting but it didn't seem like anyone could no. You know, I don't know. So uh, is David Lynch on this one? I hope so. Yeah. Man, there by I don't know if I've recommended it before, but if you are bored in quarantine mm. and you want just that like the world doesn't make sense but you want to escape from it and forget everything from it, like there is a David Lynch film on Netflix. It's a short film. Yeah, it, yeah. it's in black and white. Sure. It's uh him interrogating a monkey. Right. And the monkey has like the clutch cargo lips, and it's uh-huh. also David Lynch doing the voice of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, David Lynch is all smoking cigarettes. Yeah. What's it? What did Jack do? Yeah, it's called What Did Jack Do? Uh, there's sure, a musical man. number at the end. It makes no sense. It's very. Here's the great thing about being David Lynch is, um, he he got 
pretty severe dementia and nobody noticed. The great thing about David Lynch is I think everything he sets out to write is just like he's like, I'm going to write a romantic comedy like and then it just that's what he gets. I don't think he yeah. sets down to write the movies that he writes. It's like I, this is what came out. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I was <laughs> I was trying to write a children's book. I don't Yeah, This wasn't even a movie. I don't know what happened. Yeah, right, right, right. No, but Holland Drive was a straight comedy. I don't know how no one got that. <laughs> no, I love David Lynch because it's so sincere. Like, I've seen people try to be weird, and I don't like things where people are like, everything's wacky. And, like, I don't, this is what always comes to mind. I'm not picking on them necessarily, but mm. like the Tim and Eric, like that kind of sensibility. Okay. It just never works for me. But I, David Lynch, I find him maddening, but I find it sincere. Like everything I watch, I'm like, you, this is what you you make. This is no a hundred percent. Yeah. You, I never get the feeling that David Lynch is trying to outsmart his audience or trying to prank anyone or trying to write some sort of surreal mind fuck. I think this is just the way he does things. And you know, <laughs> he's, he started doing it and people started liking it. So, okay, I'll just keep doing what I do. I guess yeah like it, in the twin peaks movie when like the little person is speaking backwards i assume mm. that that's like that he was just in the editing bay going like well why are you playing this backwards and the guy was like what and he's like the, the footage it goes the other way and then like because in his mind backwards yeah. was just normal and that was how it made sense <laughs> and then they're like well, okay i don't want to get fired <laughs> that there wasn't like a thing he was like no this is the correct way to listen to this yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it, it's it all of all of his stuff works for me, and I'm not a, I'm not a big I'm not a big fanatic of his. I don't watch it religiously. I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm in the fan club, but I always like it. Yeah, it's always fun. Remember though, like, remember that he made Fire Walk with me to like answer the questions left from Twin mm -hmm. Peaks. Uh huh. <laughs> like that's the funniest thing in the world to me is anyone who went into that movie like okay he's gonna clear everything up. This is gonna yeah, he, the same thing with like he seemed baffled, absolutely <laughs> baffled that people didn't understand Mulholland Drive. He said, "It's all there. What are you talking about? No, I, there's no key. There's no secret. It was. It's all in the movie. No, I bandito. <laughs> Mulholland Drive was the one. I that one did kind of break me, where I was just like, mm. I because it like was so close to something making sense, but yeah, like yeah, just yeah. off enough that my brain was like trying to ascribe meaning but like couldn't yeah it's one of those it's one of those films where you're you're watching it and then a random fucking scene happens with no characters you've ever seen before in a story that seems like another movie has started and then when that scene ends you just cut it out you say i'm, I'm ignoring that yeah so i can keep following this main thread and then you get to the end and you think that that piece of the puzzle is the one you need, but it's not because there isn't a puzzle. Yeah. Because puzzles can be put together or solved. Yeah. No, it feels like like you're doing a puzzle, but what you realize like three hours in is that it's six different puzzles that have all been like some pieces yeah. from all six of them, but none of them are complete. And you're just right. like, you're never going to be able to solve this because they don't go together and they don't make any sense. They just, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah. you got that one corner and you thought you had that corner done. Uh, and th if that it, was going to help. Made, if it made any less sense, it would be frustrating and, and not watchable. And if it made more sense, it would be a boring movie. 
Like he's just Lynch finds that sweet spot. Yeah. No, but what did Jack do is great. I highly recommend it. Oh yeah, what did Jack do? It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a, what is it? It's not even what is it? Ten minutes or oh, something? It's ten minutes maybe, and it flies by. Like it yeah. really is just it's him. Uh, in... <laughs> no, it's it's great. Uh, I guess this is a good point. I'm just gonna throw this in right now because it makes sense. Uh, I made a Molly and I made a short film. That is up on hobotrashcan.com. Oh, you sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never responded when you sent me that thing. But yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so they, like, I I imagine David Lynch is obviously more talented than I am. But I imagine there were similar circumstances of I made that while quarantined and bored. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. what my brain decided to do was make a movie with me and like an alternate yeah. dimension I version got, of yeah, me. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was it was very fun and funny. And um very evident to to me that he, oh, okay, Joel had that thing in his brain and he yep. had to get it out, and this was the only way. Yeah, it was it was like a very quick idea that popped up in my head, and then it was kind of like <laughs> that's the thing with what you know what's going on now with like you, there's no excuse, so it's like that would be a fun thing I could make, and then it's like well, there's literally nothing stopping me. Like <laughs> you can make this in your apartment. <laughs> Right. Like there's not, it's not hard. It's it was like two setups, you know, to film. Uh, but no, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, Molly was super helpful because she was both the shoulder that you can kind of see in the frame, sure. and uh, sure. then also like was good at coaching my acting, which takes a lot of work because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I I have no qualms saying, uh, and I, Lars, look, I know you're gonna rush in to immediately tell me, no, you're great, you're the best uh-huh. actor, but do you don't need sure. to do that? Like, I I know <laughs> you got so flustered, ready to pounce that you, uh, but uh, no, I I don't think I'm a very dynamic actor anyway. And then when you're doing it, and like, you, there is, you know, like no one behind the camera so it's just me and her and it's like i'm doing something and i can't even see what i'm doing on any kind of like monitor or anything so i'm like i don't know is that something and her very patiently being like well yeah but what if you tried it good you know awesome (laughs) what if you did acting (laughs) and then i I love that she doesn't have any predisposition (laughs) of being too nice to you no (laughs) she was actually very kind but like was very like patiently like okay but say it like a person would say it (laughs) (laughs) remember talking just talk because that was a lot of it too because i'm also an asshole who i made a short film where i gave myself a really long block of dialogue (laughs) that i did not learn before i filmed it (laughs) jesus christ uh so i'm like trying to say it and not saying it in anything okay. that resembled so organic you, you, speech can I- you made oh. you made a oh she's she's rushing to the uh-huh. mic oh uh, okay jesus <laughs> no there's um what i realize is that joel has a, a pattern that he does mm. when he's getting comfortable which is first it's really kind of like staccato in the way he delivers lines and then what he does is takes on a very Jenna Maroney affect. <laughs> and oh, then okay, sure. everything's like he, the flow comes out more natural, but he takes on like that kind of like over enunciated affect. So Come then you wrong. have to get him out of very that. Naturally. He speaks very naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like moves through to talking like a human. 
engaging with another human. But it would I be see, like I every see. like block would go through that where I'd be like, no, that that was good. But like, look at me because you're talking to a character in this movie and right. you sound like Jenna Maroney. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it would have been a million times worse if I had been in a room alone because <laughs> I never would have gotten to anything. So you 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 wrote a movie, gave yourself both parts, didn't memorize your lines, and then was a troublesome actor. Yeah, I really feel like that's my <laughs> method. You know, everyone has their own process. Uh, I held up my own production. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't leave my trailer. Like I, just, uh, yeah, I was. In, by the end, I wasn't speaking to myself. Like I, I was just passing mm. notes through my people. Like, I refuse to be face to face with myself. I'm not. I'm not coming out of my. You're gonna have to film our parts separate because I won't sit across from that person. Yeah, and so that that's the way we did it. But you know, we got it. You know, so Good. it's it's under two minutes and it's on Hobo Trash Can. So you well, got go for it. You got nothing else to do. And it's on YouTube. You made it. You made it to YouTube. I made it on YouTube. It was a it was a lengthy <laughs> negotiation process. You know. Uh, thought about quibby you know the quibby mm. people were circling but i thought you know i don't know what that is and nobody has it or wants yeah. it and or wants it and uh so you know in the end of the day i just i was like let's put it on youtube uh get it out to the people so there you go yeah. there you go watch it people you've got time you do that's true uh you could pause this and watch it if you wanted i mean you good lord i just realized we're saying this to people listening to this you definitely have time yeah, Christ Almighty! It's like this, but like quick and has a point. <laughs> so it's really the opposite of this, if you really think about it. Yeah, I, you don't have to listen to me. I am not involved. <laughs> uh, but there are videos that do involve you that are still uh, also on that YouTube channel that can be found. Boom! We did a Star Wars one one time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we did a wrestling one one time. Sure, I remember that kind of. Yeah. So those are there. You've got time. <laughs> I Speaking of having time, so uh, I mentioned this on the last show. I've been uh, watching a lot of Marvel movies because what else am I going to do? Uh, mm -hmm. I had a question, and I, I was curious. This I, had never occurred to me before, uh, but I was watching it, and I just want to get your input because you're, you're kind of a nerd expert. So. Okay. How dare you, sir? Steve Rogers in yeah. uh, the MCU. Mm-hmm. Was that guy a virgin? Oh, Steve Rogers? Yeah. I don't know why that uh, hit me. I was I watched uh <laughs> I watched the first Avenger and then I watched Winter Soldier. And it, it's just kinda like again, I mean, no judgment, I'm not no shade. I just it occurred to me, I was like, I kind of feel like he's a virgin. Like, cause when would he have had sex? Yeah, good call. Good call. There's I, there's a good chance that he was. Yeah. Um I mean, because the only there's way a, there's a lot of unaccounted time for Steve Rogers, you know, we don't even catch up with him until he's in his early 20s, probably late teens. Yeah, but he was so like awkward. I mean, because we see a double date with him and Bucky mm -hmm. at the beginning of that right. movie uh, featuring the the wonderful Jenna Coleman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. is uh, always like I forgot that completely, and I was like, "Oh yeah, she's here." Yep. But yep. Uh, he basically bails on the double date because he's very singularly minded that he wants to uh, mm -hmm. join the military. So I, I mean, it's it's entirely possible that he. 
you know, hooked up with because I mean, Bucky seems like he's he's you know putting it out there. Like Bucky, Bucky's crushing it. Yeah, Bucky is just plowing his way through Brooklyn. Yeah, I think that's why he leaves. Nineteen forties Brooklyn. <laughs> he's got to get out of there because he's like, well, mm-hmm. I, there's no one left in Brooklyn <laughs> for me to smash. So I really, um, I get it. Yeah, there's a good. You know what? I had never really thought about it because he, you know. If I think I think it's fair to say that he probably became Captain America without losing his virginity. Sure. Well, that's the thing. So if that happened, then I don't think he gets laid like by spoilers for Endgame. Uh, (laughs) But probably at the end of Endgame, then for sure. But before then, he went he went to make up for lost time. Like I'm going to bang for decades now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why I was going to say he becomes Captain America and then he, um, you know, he immediately falls in love with Agent Carter, mm-hmm. and then but and they don't. They never get a chance to actually they, be together. They kiss. They never get a chance. So the first movie definitely not. He goes into the ice a virgin. Let's yeah. say that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, then he doesn't have sex in the second movie. Like Winter Soldier. You know, the, that's actually a plot point in Winter Soldier. Is like most of the movie is Black Widow pointing and laughing at him because he doesn't date. Well, he, okay. Well, here's the thing. First, between. Between Winter, between the first movie and Winter Soldier, the first Avengers movies happen. So he becomes a celebrity all over again, and this time he's got a hot bod. Yeah, so but he doesn't seem like the, the Avengers type. And Winter Soldier, I mean, you say he doesn't seem like the type, but you don't know. He's living in a new world. He's still a human, for Christ's sake. There are urges. I, I guess. would say that he probably. He probably wouldn't have random hookups. He would want to go on a few dates with someone first and like maybe even say we're going to be exclusive before before betting a lady as he seemed to prefer. So so he could have he could have had a couple of casual relationships, you know, I guess. But... Like, you know, I was seeing this girl over the summer. We had some fun. I could see Captain being like that. He's respectful, but he's he's still 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 person on earth <laughs> i don't know it just it hit me I, like i i don't know why my brain entertained the possibility of like it i don't know it seems possible but then but then by you know age of ultron he does that thing where he says language because he doesn't like cursing so i don't saying. know it, it yeah. could be he like he <laughs> but then agent was it was it agent Carter's? was it, was it her granddaughter or niece something niece i think niece yeah because she i think is uh aunt peggy yeah 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 but so that's the other thing too is like the one when we get confirmation uh that he might you know like like another uh lady then he immediately finds out like oh she's actually you know the descendant of like the the woman that you love so yeah the love of your entire fucking life I don't know, man. I I think he was fine either way. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, hey, I can hear a certain corner of the internet shouting in my ear. So let's just acknowledge there's always the possibility that he had sex with Bucky. So let's just not... There is there is that possibility. That, that I know that would make a very specific all, corner of the internet very we're happy. We're hoping. <laughs> so. Although, I don't know. Like, he... he Bucky went to war, and then he caught up with Bucky, and then... I mean, they could have done it. 
in Europe somewhere when when they were oh come on you're together. on the run the adrenaline's pumping could very well be I <laughs> Sam's like, there I would, to watch because the only other option the only other option would be they did it before he went to war when Steve is still like really skinny yeah. <laughs> And they're both kids. Oh, that's not good. That got weird. You made it weird. Yeah, it did get weird. They could be like teenage boys just like experimenting. You don't know. Maybe. Yeah. A, but yeah, I I also, man, like I've now seen enough of these movies and spent enough time in this world that I know what Sebastian Shaw looks like. But there is something about his face that is utterly forgettable. And when huh. they do that reveal in Winter Soldier and he takes the mask off, I do kind of have a minute of like, him? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, they were really, that was a huge gamble, I feel like, for the MCU was like banking on the fact that we would place that that was Bucky Barnes. Like, the guy different, who would Completely the... different physique, completely different hair. And his face, I don't know what it is. Like, could you like if he commit he should commit crimes because if I was sitting in front of a police sketch artist I'd be like I don't know like a nose I guess and I, he had a mouth I'm pretty sure there was a mouth you know those you know those guys who have faces that like uh you, like everyone's mom has a crush on <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like I'm with you what kills me is he's a in civil in civil war he's a fugitive on the run and he doesn't get a fucking haircut get a haircut grow a beard because then he's suspected in the un bombing and they put his picture in the paper and it's exactly how he looks right then yeah you know no one's had a picture of you in a while you could have changed your look you could have shaved your head and grew a beard you could look completely different you look the same it also would make sense for him to change his look because he didn't look like that when we met him this is a new look that like you know i don't know maybe zoller or whoever like they they might have made him look like this when they brainwashed him like that shoulder length grunge hair you know what i'm talking about Uh, but yeah, he, he changes nothing. Like he, maybe, doesn't he put on a baseball cap? <laughs> I think that's like, that's the, no, that's their jam. Baseball cap and aviators. Yeah. Best disguise ever. Well, cause that also, yeah. I mean that, that is a callback to, uh, winter soldier when Steve Rogers is on the land. Steve Rogers, uh-huh. one of the most famous people in the United States is yeah. on the lamb by wearing some glasses and a hat. <sighs> and also, on the limb with Black Widow, who's also famous at that point. And in, inside of the Steve Rogers Captain America Museum. <laughs> yeah, I, they're not. Maybe she's not a good spy. I don't like we don't know. Come to think of it, I think they really did lose their virginity to one another. Her and, like back in the day in Brooklyn. Oh, oh, him and Bucky. Yeah, yeah Bucky and Steve. Because it would explain a lot. You, look, explain like how how fervently you defended him after you find out that he murdered your guy's parents. You know, like I'm not saying that he needs to take full responsibility for that, but there needs to be some sort of action taken, not just hey, leave him alone. He's fine. <laughs> Well, this, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about, like, I mean, Civil War, which is fucking great. I love that movie. But, like, yeah. Captain America really is kind of an asshole in that movie to, like, you are friends with, yeah. with Tony Stark. And he has a pretty legitimate, like, 
He has grudge. legit beef. And yeah. like you just need to you need to sit down and talk about it for sure, but not just like, no, leave him alone and let him escape and let him do whatever he wants. That's not really an option right and now. And if you also, don't just, the, if you ahead. don't do that, the two of us will try to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because like it's been, it was just proven that he can still be activated and become an almost unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. So maybe maybe something needs to be done about him. Well, there's also wouldn't I mean Captain America would be less of an asshole to just like sit it out like at yeah. the end of that movie. But like you're double teaming Iron Man when like you spent a whole movie fight. You're Captain America. The entire Winter Soldier movie is you and Bucky like being equally matched right and like both of you are gonna fight like steve rogers or steve rogers uh both of you are gonna fight tony stark like that's a dick move it's a dick move so i think you only defend someone like that if you really if you have a huge attachment it isn't just like we were friends a long time ago and he's like my link to the past and he was my best friend and he looked after me it's that no this is the my first love. Yeah. We have a connection that can't be broken. We learned about physical love with each other. It's kind of beautiful then. I mean, Isn't that kind of beautiful? Like, it, it almost makes me not hate him so much from Civil War. <laughs> I I will say sincerely that I think that is the flaw. Like, because, again, having just rewatched, I mean, in, like, Captain America, the first Avenger, there's nothing wrong with that movie, but there's also nothing really, truly great about that movie either. <laughs> It's fun. You got a you got a really good uh, you got a really good Red Skull. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hadn't seen one of those ever. So cool. I will say the guy they got to be Red Skull in uh, Infinity War and Endgame, like oh, yeah. that's not Hugo Weaving. That is not Hugo Weaving. But he nails it. The, it oh, I, absolutely. I literally sure. feel like we lost nothing by just recasting that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and that's not a knock on Hugo Weaving. No. It's just like Red Skull looks like that, so anyone can look like that with modern technology. And the voice and, is great. And the voice, you just like, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it, it worked. Great. It worked really well. But uh I will say like that worked really well of um <gasps> Oh, go get him. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, puppy. Hey, hey, hey. It's okay, little girl. She's getting so terrible. Like, just... (laughs) Because we're here all the time, so now if any of us leaves for any reason... Hey. Yeah. Calm. Calm. She's being good. That's what she's supposed to do. Calm. Danger. (laughs) There's danger, you guys. Uh, Hey, hey, strange person at the door. Hey. Fuck you. Come here. Come here. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, that's the best. I know. What were we? I don't remember what I was saying. Um, oh, we just finished Red Skull. That's oh great. yeah, no, he's great. Uh, but no, that movie it's fine. Uh, I will. <laughs> oh, it's not. You're not gonna let me talk. Mm-hmm. Who's not gonna let me talk? Who's not gonna let me do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> So fired up. Right back to the door. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, was nope. <laughs> I really thought I had it. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, yeah, our mailbox is stuck. Like, we can't get our mail out. So that was Oh, jeez. That stinks. Yeah. Well, especially because they sent me a uh, unemployment check. 
Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. In debt. We got it. Yeah, we got it. Okay. They're going to tell Armin that he actually needs to change all the mailboxes. Like, oh. Like, it's just crazy old. Like, we got this out, but, like, they all need to be changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. No, they're really good guys. Cool. All right. There isn't, um, they don't just do the, the card anymore and put money on it? They send you, like, an actual Well, check. I don't have the card. Oh. This is the first one. <laughs> so, like, gotcha. Yeah, yes, so that they're, is, like. That is super important. <laughs> yeah. Like, they sent me the stuff because I, this is the first time uh, that I qualified for it. Right, right, right. Okay. All yeah, right. sorry. Um, Red Skull. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, no, but, like, uh, the mo- I mean, the movie's perfectly fine, it, but it's just, it's not exciting. I don't know. Like, it just, I watched it and it, I enjoyed it, but it's it's kind of forgettable. There's not, like, any, you know, because, like, you rewatch Winter Soldier and you're like, oh, man, I want to see that fight in the elevator. Like, I want to see, sure. like, there's all these, like, great moments in it. Oh. Sure. And this is certainly when the MCU, it wasn't really finding its footing, but they weren't really pushing any boundaries because it was all brand new. So it was, it wasn't like, how do we... How do we kind of color outside the lines here um, and really see what these characters can do and kind of um, give them uh, give them legs so that we can use them in further stories and kind of like nail down nail down certain things about them that people can identify with that they'll see consistently in this character throughout the journey. This was like how Iron Man worked, so let's see if we can do Captain America. Yeah, and it was a pretty like paint by numbers. This is Captain America's origin story. And, There's and gonna this be is his origin story. Yeah. He's gonna get the serum. There's gonna be a Red Skull. Like, uh-huh. uh, it is. Yeah, and, but also, you know, as our at the the very beginning, we were introduced to our first Infinity Stone that had never been. Oh yeah, um, that had never been in a movie before. That was um. It, so when you see it, when we saw it the first time. Just after seeing Iron Man, you're like, holy shit, they made Captain America legit and awesome. Oh, yeah. And no, and putting the Tesseract in there was really smart. Like, that was cool. and Really smart. Really smart. Uh, and also, I will say it worked really well because I guarantee they didn't have this planned. But the fact that, like, the way that Red Skull just dissolves into the, like, cosmos, basically, yes, worked yeah. really well with, like, the payoff, you know? Right. <laughs> that that's where right. he ended up. Like, it does actually make it feel like that's what they planned even though i'm like that's not what you guys <laughs> it wasn't what they planned because that those, that whole um yeah that first round was there were a lot of one and done yeah it, it's funny too like speaking of the one and done like it's just it's like a testament to how long these movies were made that they really in captain america the first avenger they burn out the use of tommy lee jones and stanley tucci like right <laughs> both in just like like they're good because they're both really enjoyable and what they're doing but like just brief cameo roles basically you know yeah tooch doesn't even make it to the end of the damn movie and then you know when when tommy lee jones is an old man in 1942 (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's nowhere for him to go (laughs) yeah that's pretty much it yeah but uh no, that was funny to me just seeing both of them. But yeah, anyway, like I. But you, hey, you know what? They found a way to bring Toby Jones back for Winter Soldier, so that was good. Always love to see a Toby Jones. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a computer now. And now he is computer. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I mean, that Winter Soldier is a good movie, and I now I get Winter, to watch Winter Soldier was really incredible. Yeah, yeah Winter but, Soldier kind of blew my mind. I think that's what it is. It's, it's just there's a huge leap in quality from because i gotta be honest like captain america was never really my jam but they they made those second and third 
Captain America movie. I mean, the third one's cheating because it's not even they call it right. Captain America, but it's like it's an Avengers extra movie. Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seems like weirdly contractual that you know like, it's not you're, it's not fair you call it a captain america movie but one all the avengers are in it and two you introduce black panther and fucking spider-man <laughs> yeah so. yeah and then and the entire nation of wakanda like it's not well well no because what kind of that was the idea age of ultron i was gonna say the yeah. idea of wakanda is introduced in age of ultron like that is right. because they start talking right. about vibranium uh right but yeah i mean it's funny because i like i said i super have been in this mood but I'm kind of having that of, I don't even know what other, I feel like I'm going to rewatch Doctor Strange because I'm like, I want, I've only seen that one once and I'm like, I should give mm-hmm. that another chance. But like a lot of the standalone ones, I don't really have a desire to revisit if I'm just being honest. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I know that I've only watched Thor the Dark World once. Yeah. I keep like, I feel like I should rewatch Thor the Dark World, but I'm like, am I going to? Yeah. I don't really feel like it. And then the first Thor was great, and Kenneth Branagh directed it, and that was, like, I was sketchy about the whole thing. You got a Shakespearean guy to direct a Thor movie, and I did have an attachment to Thor, the comic book, and thought, there's no fucking way they're pulling this off. The buck stops here. He better talk in cursive. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have wings on his helmet. (laughs) Right. Um and that they pulled that off like like gangbusters, but at the same, I'm with you. I'm like, it was the first one. It blew my mind when I saw it because they pulled it off. I don't. Mm. It probably doesn't seem too exciting now. What else? That one always felt like it, I kind of have a similar thing with that and Batman Begins, where they f- both feel like two different movies. There's like the movie that is you know uh, that takes place. Boy, why am I Valhalla? Like, what is? Where does he live? Um. Well. I knew it before you asked me. <laughs> um, yeah, that place that Thor lives. Wakanda. Uh, yeah, Wakanda. It's not Azeroth either. What the Asgard. fuck is Azeroth? Asgard. Asgard. Yeah. What is Azeroth? Is that from... That's the guy who wrote the rules of robotics. No, that's Asimov. <laughs> Azeroth yeah. is from is from freaking Warcraft. Sorry. By the way, also <laughs> just real quick because the best standalone movie ever made is Thor Ragnarok, and I the two things that Taika Waititi did that like I can't believe no one thought to do before was one just playing the fucking song that he uses twice of uh immigrant song oh, immigrant song immigrant yeah. song yeah, yeah the fact the hell? That, how did everyone miss that yeah like that seems like like i feel like he had that of like really you guys haven't used this song for thor the song that's about <laughs> thor uh, but there's that and then there's the fact that jeff goldblum just like chuckles at the name asgard like because yeah. he finds it really funny asgard yes. like yeah the fact that those were still there for taiko <laughs> to grab that low-hanging fruit right uh, but, uh, but no, there's like, like I said, I feel this similar thing with Batman begins in the first Thor where it's like half of the movie for Thor is Asgard and half of it is in, it's not even New York. Where are they? They're like New oh, Mexico, Ari- New Mexico. I yeah. Think. Wherever they are. Maybe Arizona, maybe know. Arizona, the desert somewhere, but it's like down there, but it feels like two separate things. Like there's a pretty clear delineation between like when he leaves Asgard and when he goes sure. there and I feel yeah. the same way with Batman Begins there's like the part where he's training and then like the right. part where he's back in Gotham you know right yeah like it kind of feels like the start of another movie <clears throat> uh but no it's good uh Cat Denning was real enjoyable and uh, hmm. you know uh the Sarsgard whichever one 
Whichever Sarsgaard was in there. It was Stellan. It was big Sarsgaard. Big (laughs) Sarsgaard. No, but it was was good. But I, yeah, I mostly Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man Homecoming are my, the two like standalone ones that I have rewatched multiple times. Yeah, those are good. Where are you, where are you watching Homecoming? I own it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I bought it. I don't, I don't buy movies anymore. No, I bought that one because I knew I would want to rewatch it because I like me some Spider-Man. Yeah. So. Yeah, me too. They still need to get that shit together. Like, I, I really like Disney Plus, uh, but get all of them. Why do you're Disney? Like, get all of them. I don't ones. understand because it's tech, like it's Sony, but it's Marvel Studios and Disney owns Marvel Studios. So why isn't it on the service? Well, also, like, they don't even have all of the other MCU movies. Like, get Yeah, because your... it was... Well, that's right, because they're waiting for the... They, the... they signed a contract saying they would be on Netflix for a certain amount of time. But which there's is some... fine. But where the fuck is Spider-Man? Like, where is it then? Yeah, well, <laughs> that that's the problem, is, like, Sony's like, well, you can't have it for your thing. And it's like, okay, but you don't have a thing, Sony. But you don't have a thing, so give it to Netflix or let Disney do it because Disney owns the studio that made the damn movie. Yeah, make them pay you something every month yeah. that it's on there. They would do yeah. that, I'm sure. Because <laughs> like, I want to watch them both again. Yeah. No, I. but yeah, I, I bought that because Homecoming's great. I, I don't even know what it is. I really love that movie. Like It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It uh, but yeah, a lot of the, the, especially the first round. Like Iron Man just works because it's the first one and that's fun. And also you have yeah. Jeff Goldblum or Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Bridges, <laughs> yeah. uh, doing his like mashed potato yelling, which is his always mashed good. potato yelling. <laughs> Tony Stark made it in a cave with scraps, with a box of scraps. <laughs> I love. By the way, speaking of Spider Man, this is the last thing I'll say. We'll we'll pivot off of this MCU talk, but uh, I love they brought that guy back, the guy who got yelled at by. Uh, the I'm not Tony Stark guy got brought yeah, back. Yeah, you're absolutely for, right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you, know, you know what movie you probably know him from? Hmm. He's Ralphie from A Christmas Story. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not fucking kidding you. I did not know that. Yep. That kind of blew yep. my mind. He shows up. His, na- his name escapes. He's one of those names like the third man on, on Apollo 11. It's a name that I always say. I'm going to commit that to memory because yeah. every time it comes up, I need to know it, and I always forget. That's up there with uh, the guy from The Breakfast Club being in uh, the Batman movies. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, I know is him, but I'm like, is it him? He's got a very Sebastian yeah. Stan quality to, like, I know that you're, they like, because there's nothing, like, that he doesn't look like an older, like, because he looked like a small child when he made The Breakfast Club. And now yes, he looks like indeed. an old man. An old man. I think the third man on Apollo 11 was Michael Collins. I can't gonna, dispute that, that so I'm going to believe hold you. I've got hold on. I have um I have a machine here that might that might tell me cuz the the other, no no offense Ralphie but Michael Collins went to the moon and wasn't able to get out of the thing so I'm just going to make sure that's his name. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> All right, but then we're we're running out of time here. So after you do that, I understand that you uh, have brought back a classic segment. Oh, I have, I have. But first, I was wrong. Oh, oh. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Oh man, come on, Wikipedia. 
Oh, it was Michael Collins. I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was a I roller in, coaster. You're right. Yep. <laughs> I put in this the name Michael Collins, and I I got a bunch of articles about um, an Irish revolutionary leader. Sure. In the late 19th century. But yeah, that was his name, Michael Collins. Anywho, yes, I have a person you should know. <clears throat> and I'm... Um, it's Listen, um, my dear listeners... I don't, there isn't a lot of information about this person. I just want you to know his name. Um, and maybe some of you do. Uh, Mr. Murphy, if I said the name Koji Kondo to you. I would say Koji Kondo to you too. <laughs> oh, Koji Kondo <laughs> to you. No, I, I, I'm afraid I don't know who that is. Okay. Koji Kondo. Um, I should have I should have been better prepared. This this Michael Collins thing really <laughs> oh god for you're spiraling so you're sorry. spiraling. I, I, uh, <laughs> um, he uh, he is a composer. Oh, and you probably know some of his work. Um, let me pull something up for you, and I don't know if we're gonna get sued or not, but um. Let's see. Uh, so I'll only play a segment of it, but let's see if you know this one. Oh, shit. Now, when you said a composer, uh-huh. you didn't say the greatest composer of our lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think yeah, you I buried t- the lead there. <laughs> I think we all tend to, to tend to think. I, when I say we, I mean people like uh, you and myself, and probably people who listen to the show who just who love the shit out of movies, and the, considering the movies we grew up with <clears throat> in the heyday of like the Spielberg era, that we tend to think that John Williams composed our um, composed the theme song of our childhood. But he didn't do it alone. Because I'll just go through a quick a quick list of. Um, you, are you going to tell me you did Zelda? <clears throat> okay. Yes, he did do Zelda. Oh, see, I already love this. And here's guy. the thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see. These. This is from Wikipedia. These are. Um, these are works that Koji Kondo composed by himself. These are the games that he did. Uh, Punch Out. Kung Fu. Super Mario Brothers. The Legend of Zelda. Super Mario Brothers. The Lost Levels. Um, Doki Doki Panic, which ended up being Super Mario 2 in North America. Oh, right. Yeah. The weird dream um, game. <laughs> yes. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3. The Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Yoshi's Island. Super Mario 64. Star Fox. Um, the Ocarina of Time. Now, he did all of those completely by himself. That's insane. Also, the music <laughs> of Zelda is the best video game music. Isn't like, it the best? Yeah. No, yeah, I actually, like... the only time I ever bid in a silent auction was to win tickets to the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra because they were playing the, the entire theme to all the Zelda things. Oh, my God. I would have gone to that. I, I won, and then I wasn't able to go, and I gave the tickets to a friend. Oh, um, man. But, yeah, yeah. I was, and when you I went love, back to the mall, <laughs> Mr. T wasn't there anymore. <laughs> they said he had just <laughs> left. <laughs> no, um, but, but he's still doing it. Now, it's still... With the rest of these, it says he's doing it along with um, certain certain other people. So he went James Patterson with it. Like he's t- 
I don't like. I don't know if they're just giving him credits because they're still. It's still based on his original themes. See that could be. Like, yeah. He's just working with other people because these games have gotten so big now. Yeah. That you're, you're you have to compose several symphonies in order to fill up all the worlds and all the extras and all the side quests because they usually have different themes, especially the Zelda games because you're going into different places of the world that have different sorts of cultures well, and, and different marketplaces. I mean, Ocarina of Time literally the music is what takes you to places that's the whole ocarina it takes bit. You, yeah, yeah and unlock things like you have to know these these themes yeah but he's still like the last thing on the list here is super mario maker 2 in 2019 so he's still doing it or yeah the to your point maybe he's like getting credit because he wrote the original source music you know maybe but he still works for nintendo i can tell yeah. you that and i don't know that he's there um now like in um quotes all that um he had a quote that just sounded i don't know a lot about i don't know a lot about japanese culture but i will say he had a quote here that um that just seemed that just seemed very (laughs) very matter-of-factly japanese to me and i loved it (laughs) and oh here it is so um i'll just i'll just read this real quick in 1984, during Kondo's senior year in college, Nintendo sent his university a message recruiting for music composition and sound programming. He successfully applied for the job without requiring any demo tapes. He recalls, quote, I found my way to Nintendo by looking at the school's job placement board. You're supposed to apply to many different companies, but I saw the Nintendo ad and had a love for making synthesizers and loved games. And I thought, that's the place for me. I interviewed with one company, Nintendo, and that's where I've been ever since. <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. <laughs> I well, just love the idea of I, I like making synth- synthesizers and I like video games, so it seemed like a good fit, so I just did that. <laughs> well, thank you, Koji Kondo. No, thank you for spotlighting that. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, he definitely wrote the score to our childhood, so I appreciate yeah, him for, for real, that. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I, but I was reading a lot about... <clears throat> um, I was reading a lot about uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers three because I just I have time to read a lot now and and um, uh, I just went down that hole of just like understanding the history and things like that and I found that so so guys I want I, if I can give you any advice follow any thread you're thinking about right now oh that's right there's a thing I like I kind of wanted to learn about this is there's the anything on the internet do it do it do it yeah. do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and remember, question everything. Boda, boda, boda.
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, That's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to.